take a closer look, and could not straighten up again. You could see the tip of the crooked spire when you stood outside my great-grandma's shop. Those first photographs of my mum were taken on the shop's doorstep, which overlooked the pub and had a clear view of the Branch Line railway station below. Shanks's pony was the more usual transport for those in the immediate vicinity. But Betsy's shop was a good place to pause and see who might arrive on the next train. It functioned as a kind of drop-in centre, too. People came to talk as well as shop. The shop's main window, reserved for sweets, held the large glass-stoppered jars of dolly mixtures, humbugs, and a dazzle of quality street and coloured foils. But individual chocolate bars were kept behind the counter, beyond the reach of thieving hands. In the sunny window to the side, where advertisements curled and faded, a cardboard vim declared that modern women had been released from household drudgery, though everyone round about took that for the nonsense it was. By the time I knew my great-aunt Eva, she was the spirited adventurer. Being with her was sometimes like being with an older child, a wholly reliable protector. But someone who knew about fun. My grandma, Annie, was more reserved, but hers was the lap I snuggled into, her big doughy arms wrapped about me while we read the same book she'd read to my mum. My grandma read to me each Sunday, the two of us sinking into her leatherette chair, the Jacobean print curtains behind us screening us from the afternoon sun. They were great keepers of things, Annie and Eva, Keepers of secrets, too, I've since discovered. Clothes and jewellery, beaded purses, handbags. My visits in later years were like feasting in a vintage shop. They also kept family documents and papers, newspaper cuttings and biscuit tins, handwritten recipes, notebooks. That vital documents were saved should not surprise me. But in a family shaped in such an unusual way, it feels remarkable that they were. All kinds of material survives, whether by happenstance or intention. The cuttings in my grandma's commonplace book, for example, helped me understand more about the young woman she was in the years before I was born. My mum picked up the habit of keeping record, notebooks, childhood poems, drawings, the minutiae of her young life. She also learned the habit of telling stories, her tales of her grandparents and the corner shop expanded those told me by Annie and Eva. She had her own fund of stories, too, some involving the dance dresses of her youth, pink sateen with rick-rack braid, or yellow with a sequined heart in emerald green, which became the dressing-up clothes of my childhood. One of my favourite excursions when I was young was lunch with my mum at Woodhead's Café, all dark wood panels, chrome and pistachio green, its decor barely changed since the 1930s. Here, provincial ladies lunched on creamed carrots and shepherd's pie, as provincial ladies had lunched for many years, the sound of an EPNS teaspoon scraping the last of a strawberry ice, the only disruption to their quiet afternoon. In London, the 1960s were happening, but London was a million miles away. By the time I was a teenager, we'd shrugged off Woodheads and the high streets and headed instead for Sheffield and its shops, scudding along leafy lanes in Mum's powder-blue mini, 
talking ten to the dozen all the while. We've talked and laughed a lot in recent years, sitting at her dining table, sifting through old photographs and papers, reluctant to interrupt our conversation to get up and peel potatoes at the sink. My mum's dance dresses are long gone, but I live surrounded by everyday objects that tell their own stories. There's something of a past in every room, the squat, grey Dun & Company's biscuits tin, a reminder of the corner shop. The wooden box with a sketchy cottage scene on its lid that my great-grandfather bought years ago. The huge chest of drawers that was Betsy's and then Annie's before it came to me. And it was my turn to tug on its large glass handles or prise open its secret drawer. When I die, Annie told me more than once, don't forget to look in the secret drawer. In my attempts to uncover further stories about my family, I've been discovering distant...